With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hi, I'm Fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi 250 And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that set its game clocks an hour forward. DeFi, what is going on in PvP? Well, let's go ahead and start off with the Go Battle League. We were just in Open Great League and the Color Cup. And I'm happy to say I finally completed that first page of the battle research. I got my first 100 wins. I posted it on Twitter. It's above a 60% win rate, which is always really, really good. Yeah, well done. So super excited about that. I ran a pretty common line, pretty meta line of Trevenant, Toxapex, and Galvantula. I was doing the same thing for so long. Uh, yeah, I was running the exact same team. Trevenant in the lead? Yes, Trevenant in the lead, Toxapex, yeah. Safe Swap, Galvantula in the back. I think Psionic might have posted it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it is. I, I mean, I, I did come to that team myself, but I am not surprised in the slightest that. Uh, like cr other creators are out there with that team because like Trevenant and Toxapex were essential <laughs> in in this particular meta. They were just such a busted core together. And then it was just like pick your third. Um, I did see a lot of people bringing in Kingdra towards the end, and I actually made that change eventually. I put Kingdra in the lead, and then the Trevenant and Toxapex were in the back. Yeah, Kingdra is such a fun pick. I wish it were just a little bulkier. Just, yeah. just a smidgen just a smidge. bulk. A Not tad. much. It doesn't need much. Between a smidge and a tad. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to what we're in now. It is March 15th to the 22nd, and we're in Open Ultra League and Great League Psychic Cup. For the Great League Psychic Cup, only psychic types allowed and Mew is banned. Taking a look at your PV Poke Top 10, we have Galarian Rapidash, Victini, Bruxish, Malamar, Bronzong, XL Metacham, both Shadow and Regular Gardevoir, Alolan Raichu, Galarian Slowbro, and Galarian Slowking. I do want to note that these PV Poke rankings are out before Surf is available. So we're talking to you before Slowpoke Community Day, so that might adjust these rankings a little bit. What have you noticed so far, or what have you seen online about the Psychic Cupfish? Well, for a start, regarding the Slowpoke family, that absolutely will, like, guaranteed change things up. Um, particularly Galarian Slow King with Hex, Surf, and Shadow Ball is going to have a very, very solid win rate. Kanto Slowbro is also going to be pretty good with Water Gun to take on uh, things like Claydol and Victini which are going to be good. And then, you know, the Surf just firing so much quicker than, say, Psychic. Uh, I have started running a team. I've played like seven battles so far, and I am six and one with a team of Malamar lead and Galarian Rapidash and Alolan Raichu in the back. That sounds really good. I'm looking right now. I don't think I have a single like Great League IV Galarian Rapidash. I have mm. a shiny Galarian Rapidash. I have a little Galarian Ponyta with a hat. It's really cute. <laughs> um, unfortunately, cuteness doesn't get wins. It doesn't, but it should. Oh, my shiny it one should. has the hat. My shiny one has the hat. So um, you know what? My I just checked my Galarian Rapidash. It's eleven fourteen eleven. Okay. And that is somehow ranked three hundred and sixty nine. So I mean, I, I always say just build the best you got. I think the best I've got would be this 11, 14, 12. Okay, let me, I'm going to pop that into GoStadium.com's IV rank checker right now. Shout out to GoStadium. Yeah. Putting in the good work. So 
Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Your 11, 14, 12 Galarian Rapidash is rank 2,753. <laughs> I just don't even know. Like, I'll see if I can find someone who can trade one to me, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's because uh, I don't think it's... It, has it been available in the wild before? I feel like during GoFest, you could get it. But I could mm. be wrong. Because all of mine are raid IVs. Yeah. I thought they were available during a special event, but I could be misthinking. Or like just like right. limited. Like a limited little event. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was there. For, but uh, I'm, I'm the same. I'm looking at all my Galarian Ponytar and they're all hatch and raid IVs as well. So um, we've missed something. Yes. So I will... I'm going to take a look because Galarian Rapidash is so good. I want to use it. it uh, so otherwise, good. I'm looking at Bruxish right now, Victini. I'm definitely going to be looking at the Slowpoke family when after Community Day, I'm going to look more deeply into that. Metacham, I, don't, I just feel like it's good. Obviously, Metacham is always good. I just don't know with that fighting subtyping mm. how useful it is going to be. Metacham, I think, is good against Malamar and Bruxish specifically because the dark damage that is threatening so many of the other Pokemon very heavily, um, it is, it's neutral against the Metacham. And uh, while like Galarian Rapidash is also taking neutral damage and like um, Gardevoir, are both, they're both also taking neutral damage. Um, they're so glassy and have and so little bulk that the neutral damage is threatening them regardless of being neutral, whereas the Metacham is bulky enough that it can take a whole bunch of foul plays and just keep on countering down, hit them with a dynamic punch, bam, done, dead. <laughs> done. One more thing that I would like to mention is with Galarian Rapidash. Now, the moveset you want with that one is Fairy Wind, Body Slam, and Mega Horn because there are so many things that are weak to bug type damage and Megahorn is just a high damage per energy move. However, Galarian Rapidash was also given another move a couple of updates ago and that was High Horsepower. High Horsepower is a very hard hitting ground type move and literally if you look at the wins that it gets with High Horsepower versus the wins it gets with Megahorn, they are a complete reversal. So with Megahorn, the things that it's losing to are Poison types and steel types and fire and the fire type in Victini. Whereas high horsepower will knock all of those out. Now, uh, you do have to be able to land it, and like I've mentioned, Galarian Rapidash is a pretty glassy Pokemon, so it might not survive long enough to get the high horsepower off, but if you can land it, it can flip a matchup that your opponent might not be expecting to win. Very good. It's important to kind of think about different movesets and their pros and cons, benefits and drawbacks, because a lot of Pokemon have that really nice variety of moveset out there. And the one you mentioned, I think, would be really good for this specific meta. For sure. All right. Let's move on to March 22nd to the 29th, which is Open Ultra League continuing on and then switching to the Great League Mountain Cup. For the Mountain Cup, only Ice, Ground, Rock and Steel type Pokemon are eligible. Swampert is banned because it would be broken here. <laughs> and the PV Poke Top 10, uh, you'll notice that you can kind of get away with a Swampert side grade. We've got XL Diggersby, Escavalier. Whiskash, Lucario, Shadow and Regular Gliscor, Shadow and Regular Marshtomp, Ferrothorn, Shadow Abomasnow, Shadow and Regular Torterra, and Walrein. So that Marshtomp, it's an opportunity for that middle evolution to really shine through. Normally Swampert gets all the attention, but Marshtomp is pretty good too. It still knows Mudshot, it just doesn't have that super high power a spammy move of hydro cannon but it does it has surf and it has a uh, quite a bit of other moves uh that are available to it yeah there seems to be like this weird dual triangle going of of type effectiveness so ground is super effective against rock and steel rock and steel 
are both super effective against ice and ice is super effective against ground. So uh, looking at the meta, it seems like ground typing has been the most benefit from the particular uh, way the meta's shaken out. Although you've got something like th- that Ferrothorn there is probably going to be pretty darn dangerous. I think Ferrothorn manages to beat... Well, maybe not. This, uh, I was going to say it manages to beat um, most of the top 10, but, you know, the Escavalier will beat it, the Lucario will beat it, but your counter users will beat it. I th- don't know about Gliscor off the top of my head, and I don't know about Diggersby because it does have the super double super effective Fire Punch. But Ferrothorn is is the one that stands out the most to me as being the kind of the most dangerous and the one you have to plan around the most. The one that I'm most excited for is Diggersby. It's right at the top. I love Diggersby. I think it's really fun. Uh, hold on. I want to double check. I want to double check its moveset, what it recommends <laughs> for this, because Diggersby has two really viable fast moves, which is pretty interesting now. It not only has access to Mud Shot, but it also has access to Quick Attack, which got a oh. recent buff. So it's recommending Mudshot here, probably for all the Steel types. However, uh, Quick Attack is another move that's out there. Uh, you're also going to want it with Fire Punch and Earthquake. Uh, I've seen I've seen some Hyper Beam Diggers be in my time. I don't think it would be right here in this meta again because of Steel types that you're trying to hit against and rock. But, and rock. So yeah, Mudshot definitely the answer here. It's really, really good. You can put it in the lead. You can make it your closer. It can be mm. your safe swap. It is such a high stat product Pokemon. <laughs> it is very thick. This is a Pokemon where you're going to want the rank one is level 50. So all those XL candy, 0, 15, 13 is what you're looking for. In Australia, um, in Australian football, we call that a utility player. <laughs> Someone who you can just throw them in any position and they'll get the job done. And I think that is Diggersby in this <laughs> meta. Next up from, oh, sorry. Also worth a mention is on Saturday, March the 25th, we have our first Go Battle Day for the season. It is Go Battle Day Palmer from 12 a.m. to 11.59 p.m. local time. You will get free battle-themed timed research. Rewards include gloves inspired by Palmer. Palmer was the battle tycoon, uh, the battle tower tycoon in Diamond and Pearl, as well as Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. You get 20 sets for the day, making up 100 battles and four times Stardust from win rewards. This doesn't include the end of set rewards and won't stack with the three times Stardust bonus from the Master League rotation week so you do have to keep that in mind it's just the four times it's not 12 times but um yeah it's, uh, your your win rewards are quadrupled last thing we want to mention is just peeking that little bit into the future where we have march 29th to april 5th open master league and the little cup reminder that little cup is pokemon that are 500 cp and lower also the traditional little cup rule is only pokemon that can evolve they are able to evolve and have not evolved even once are eligible so for example in the charmander line it would only be charmander charmeleon and charizard would be out so it has to be a pokemon that can evolve but has not yet evolved and i might take that week off probably (laughs) not i'll probably play a little bit but open master league is just not the meta for me, because of the legendaries, I have a lot more I can play for Master League Premier. However, Open Master League, it's, I, just, I don't think I have more than 50 XL candy for any legendary Pokemon, even yeah. Mewtwo. I just don't have it. But other Pokemon, you know, like my Ursaluna or my Metagross, things like that. So I'm waiting for Master League Premier to come back. I'll have to wait till later in the cycle. I'm I'm not dreading Little Cup. I'm uh, I mean, longtime listeners of the show will know that I was historically just so against Little Cups, but uh, ever since accepting that they are here to stay, I have willed myself to come around on them, and so I am 
perfectly fine with this upcoming Little Cup. I dread the Bronzor, but <laughs> I every, every, like the fact that it exists, <laughs> I'm fine with. I'm excited that I can use it again because I built that thing and it was expensive. <laughs> yeah. I built a lucky shiny one just because that's what I could afford to make. And it was so much. I still have uh, it. Yeah, it would be because you got to completely max it out, don't you? Close. Okay. Um, it was. I just remember it being a lot of Stardust for the time when I made it. I was like, oh my goodness. This is so much stardust for something so silly. So dumb. <laughs> that that uh, you thought you'd never get to use again. So, I mean, yeah, it would be a shame if you took the week off for that week. Okay, okay, okay. So, Little <laughs> Cup, sure, but not Open Master League for the reasons I mentioned. We'll, we'll, we'll give Little Cup a go. Absolutely. Deal. <laughs> Next up, we have our Sylph check-in. Ionic Cup and Factions are underway. Let's take a look at the Ionic Cup. First, how have your battles been going, Defi? Mine have been going really, really well. I like my team. I really like Beedrill. Beware I've been using quite a bit. And pretty much every team I've seen is running a Luxray and a Beedrill. I think that's been pretty standard. We can talk more about uh, the the most popular Pokemon, but it is Beedrill. Just (laughs) everywhere. I don't think I've seen a single other thing in the proton slot but overall i've been doing good my record right now is five and two i am currently in three ongoing tournaments a fourth one will be starting in a couple days how about you um i didn't do as much prep and practice for this cup as i usually do and i am suffering as a result i believe that my win rate is below 50 percent for the first time I want to say in several seasons. We'll see if I can, you know, fix that win rate up by the end of the month, keep that streak going. But yeah, um, I put Alolan Raticate on my team because I was under the impression that that can actually beat Beedrill in the one shields. And I was like, well, I'm sold because like one of the best ways to get an advantage over your opponents is to be aware of a a situation where your Pokemon wins that they don't know. So I pictured, you know, safe switching my Raticate and the opponent responding with a Beedrill and then me being like, ha, I've got him. But then in practice, it never worked. Like they always beat me in the one shields. And I was like, what, what's going on? (laughs) I think it's an IV thing. I, I, like I sim my, uh, my I do my sims with the rank ones as the default. Uh, mine is like a rank 200 and something. And I think this is finally a situation where the IVs genuinely mattered. So it's put me in a lot of very uncomfortable situations. Yikes. I am sorry. That is not working out for you. That's okay. It's important, though, to be prepared for Beedrill. Taking a look at Sylph.gg at their Ionic Cup stats. Beedrill is on 52% of teams. So one out of every two matchups that you will have will have a Beedrill on it. That's incredibly high. That is insanely high. The next closest is 29% at Beware. So Beedrill, you need to be either have it or be prepared to counter it. Preferably both. Have one on your team and also be Mm. ready to counter it. So I don't even see any other protons <laughs> like that is that's it. Uh, the most aco- popular electron seems to be Luxray by a mile, especially because of those psychic fangs, which can hit for super effective against Beedrill. The next popular is Dedenne. And I'm using a Dedenne. I know it loses okay. to Beedrill. I know it loses to Beedrill, but yeah. I like it. It's adorable. I'm using it. It beats so many other things, though. Like, uh, it, um, Umbreon's very popular. Uh, Sableye is very popular. Um, uh, I've, I've seen uh, an uptick in Pangoro. <laughs> um, Beware, you mentioned, is really popular. And Dedenne beats all those things. So, like, if you can avoid the Beedrill, and to be honest, you know, a is not going to like a Discharge. So, like, if you, uh, if you can, you know, take out a Pokemon and have enough residual energy, you can threaten the Beedrill when it comes in as well, so... I think it's good. I think the Dene is a good pick. I would agree. I really enjoy having it on my team. 
When we take a look at the neutrons, the most popular one is definitely Umbreon, followed by Sableye, which makes perfect sense. Uh, They are two incredibly powerful Pokemon in open metas, and that rings true as well in this very restricted meta. They are just good Pokemon. So Umbreon and Sableye, another two Pokemon to look out for. When you look at the wild card or like the filler picks, Beware, Politoed, Alolan Raticate, Muck, and Normal Cast Form are certainly some of the most popular picks, but there are a lot more on this list. I built a Normal Cast Form. Not sure if it was the right pick for me. I like it. I like that you can Weatherball Rock a Beedrill. And, but I just, it's, I'm not getting wins with it consistently. Yeah. Um, I've seen another uh, very nice counter to Beedrill has been Shadow Armaldo because it knows Fury Cutter, Rock Blast, and Cross Poison, which that in particular is pretty annoying for my team because not only does it uh, a Rock Blast one shot a Beedrill, but the Cross Poison puts a lot of pressure on my Dedenne. Uh, so yeah, that's that's an option that's been floating around. Well, with that, an Ionic Cup will keep you posted as the meta develops and as we move on through the month. But let's talk about factions. A new cycle just started. What's going on over in Pallet Town for your different factions where you're at? Uh, I mean, uh, it's we've literally just started, so uh, I can't give too much of an update. I can say that the Pallet Town Silver team, which is one of the European teams, they have just started in Iron Tier. They managed to get promoted last um, last cycle. Pallet Town Ruby, which is my Asia Pacific team, uh, we have one new player who is is very very good, and I'm excited to see you know how that affects the team. Uh, however, our Master League player has proven a little bit unreliable. So he's already said, oh, yeah, um, <laughs> in fact, uh, told me a day before a day before the uh, the cycle opened, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm out for the next two weeks. So I've had to just jump in that spot and just take an auto loss. <laughs> then we've got uh, the other two factions, the other European team, which has decided to rename themselves to Pallet Town Crystal because they had a lot of changeover in, in personnel. So they just wanted a fresh start, and they have told me they are super, super excited. They are, they're getting on really, really well. And the North American team, Pallet Town Red, I like that is a good team, and I'm just I just think it is only a matter of time before they are promoted to Y and themselves. All right, sounds like you have a lot to celebrate over at Pallet Town. Hmm. I have a celebration. We signed up for North America Open. And we were in our spot. We didn't get promoted. You yeah. know, we didn't make yeah. that top four spots. We were like eight. <laughs> so we Ooh. were so close. We did so, uh-huh. so well. But we were all signed up. And then the day it opened, we were in iron. So some teams Wait. must have just not RSVP'd huh. in upper tiers. And suddenly, by surprise, this morning, we <laughs> were in iron. Happy birthday. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yesterday morning, I messaged we were just messaging in the chat like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> Cuz we were looking in open and wondering why we weren't there. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be so, really exciting. I'm yeah, I'm looking I'm, forward to it. Yeah, that's really cool. It, it does mean that um for at least this cycle there will be no uh Queen Bees versus Pallet Town Red rematch. Correct. <laughs> Uh, we have we're facing Sub Zero this week, which was right in our same, like they were in that third place here. A lot of teams from North America Open got promoted who were in that, like they were in that quote unquote third place. Mm-hmm. They didn't get the the most points. They didn't get second yeah. most points. They were like all those people tied for third. Uh, a bunch of us got promoted up, so there's going to be a lot of rematches for us from last yeah, season, cool. um, from last cycle. I am so excited. Good luck. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. It'll be a good time. All right, so we have to we have to cover these uh, new battlefields. There are three new battlefields, new in quotation marks, uh, battlefields to cover for this cycle. And the first one is the Great League Battlefield of Arcana. So Arcana Field is Ghost Grass Psychic 
and Rock type Pokemon, as well as Gyarados, Scyther, Vespaqueen, Honchkrow, and Pelipper, which is a bit of an eclectic list of inclusions. The bands are Electric, Fairy, Ice, and Normal types, as well as Bastiodon, Probopass, Regirock, Trevenant, Sableye, Galarian, Articuno, and Tropius. The PP Poke Top 10 is Pelipper, Shadow and Regular Shiftry, Gengar, Mew, Runagrigus, Shadow Honchcrow, Tyrant, Cofagrigus, Shadow Alolan Marowak, and Jumpluff. Fish, I know you did a deep dive on the Arcana Battlefield. What are some takeaways that you noticed from this one? This is a new meta. This one's mm. brand new. Yeah, I feel like this is the Pelipper Cup. Um, there's really not many things that can wall a Pelipper. I don't think there's anything. I, like, I don't think there's uh, really any electric type damage except for maybe like Wild Charge from Mew. Pretty much anything that can beat the Pelipper, the Pelipper's got some sort of play against. There's a, a lot, a few rock types around, like your um, Sudowoodo and your Lycan Rock. Uh, Tyrant is probably one of your better ones because it's rock and dragon. So it's throwing the ancient power rock damage as well as that uh, dragon tail fast move consistency. Um, but it's also not taking super effective damage from weather balls like Pseudo Auto or like Enrock would. So I do like Tyrant. Um, also, we did cover in the complete breakdown video that Cofagrigus is a very good safe pick as well because there's no dark types around. Very good. So Arcana is one of the Great League Battlefields. The other one is not as new, more like it's got a fresh coat of paint. It is Catacomb Battlefield. It was an old sylph meta that they revamped here for factions. Catacomb Battlefield has bug, dark, grass, ice, or rock typings, plus Samurott, Sea King, Milotic, and Quillfish. Bands is your typical legendaries are banned. Mythicals, regionals, which is interesting. No regionals. <laughs> Shadows, steel, or grass poison typings. Also, there's a variety of species bands. Get that Scrafty out of here. No Obstagoon, Dugong, Alolan Ninetales, Crustle, Auroras, Amara, Walrein, Hisuian Quillfish, Overquill, Arachnid, Trevenant, Cargo, and Dwebble. So lots going on there. This is the meta that I'm going to participate the most in this season. I'm really looking forward to it. And the PD Poke Top 10 here are Barbarical, Mandibuzz, Samurott, Frostlass, Skunk Tank, Snowy Cast Form, XL Alolan Grimer, Sudowoodo, and Beedrill making another appearance. <laughs> so if you've got one for Ionic Cup, you can use it here in Catacomb as well. So, Fish, I know you're going to be doing and recording a video about Catacomb Battlefield a little later in the week this week, but have you noticed anything about it now or heard talk about it at all? Yeah, so that'll be on Saturday morning US time that we'll be recording our, our deep dive on that. I'm just looking back through the uh, Catacomb Cup is a returning cup from season two of the Silver Arena, and I'm looking at the teams that i ran back then obviously the meta is very very different now but i can see a lot of very similar picks so i ran beedrill alolan graveler pseudowoodo jumpluff umbreon and frostlass i actually think a lot of those picks are still carrying over to this cycle they definitely are. I remember I ran Venusaur and that was like my big pick. And Ooh. now those grass poisons are banned. So that definitely shifts this meta a little bit since the last time it was available. Taking a look at the Pokemon that I picked just for this first cycle, I haven't really done any practice, so I'm going in kind of cold, but I have an XL Alolan Grimer and I don't get many opportunities to use it. I'm excited to use it here. Then Sudowoodo, Umbreon, Frostlass, Samurott, and Fish. I did not learn my lesson. I built a new Pokemon, and I'm using it without having practiced with it. Uh. And that Pokemon is Jumpluff. Mm -hmm. Jumpluff, uh, this is a Pokemon, again, with that varying moveset because it's perfectly viable with Bullet Seed. But here you're going to want Fairy Wind because Fairy Wind is going to pick you up a lot more neutral matchups, and it's going to really help you against something like an Umbreon, which Umbreon is going to be hugely popular in the Catacomb meta. 
Good luck with your Catacomb Cup battles. I am very keen to see how that meta shakes out. In the meantime, we've got one more field to cover for the Ultra League this time, and that is the Justicar Battlefield. So Pokemon of 2,500, up to 2,500 CP with Bug, Electric, Fairy, Fighting, Fire, Ice, or Poison typing. The no ground types allowed, and no Toxicroak, Dragauji, Aurorus, Alolan Golem, Lantern, Tapu Fini, or Mega Pokemon. The Poke top 10 are Tentacruel, Komo-O, Victini, Cobalion, Gengar, Sneasler, XL Ninetales, so then the Tentacruel was XL as well, Shadow Luxray, Shadow and Regular Charizard, and XL Galarian Weezing. I'm looking at this fish, and I've got one Victini, and I'm keeping it in the Great League because yeah. I love Victini. I don't think until we get an opportunity, and I'm guessing we'll get one eventually at a second Victini when the Shiny is available in Pokemon Ooh. Go, I am keeping my Victini in the Great League because I love using it there. Uh, otherwise, I just really love that the Ultra League is getting Battlefields, and it's mm. not just open Ultra League. Uh, I think that is just really fun. I think the Ultra League, I don't know. I just think it's fun. I like, that. I'm starting to, the Ultra League is growing on me more and more as time goes on. Yeah, um, as long as you can, you know, compete, if you've got the resources to compete, it is a, a very fun meta. Um, for us, with our research, Shadow Luxray is just the most important Pokemon, I think, in the meta. It is... Again, like Pelipper, incredibly safe. Um, if it gets an energy lead, if you switch it in, it can threaten pretty much everything. Um, Tentacruel also very good, and Coma O probably. Uh, after Shadow Lux, I would put Coma O as the second most important Pokemon. Um, Dragon Tail, Dragon Claw, and Close Combat can hit so many things. Uh, resists the Scold from Tentacruel, resists the V-Creates from Victini, resisting the Electric from Shadow Lux. Um, yeah, just can can even hang in there with the Charizard that's throwing the super effective Dragon Claws back at it. So all you have to do is make sure the Como O stays well away from Galarian Weezing. Like, the, the most hard counter situation, I think, in Pokemon Go PvP where... <laughs> Um, the Dragon Towers are double resisted, the Dragon Claws are double resisted, the Close Combat is double resisted, and then you've got the Weezing which is throwing double super effective Fairy Winds and double super effective Play Roughs. So again, Pallet Town PvP has been putting out a lot of really good extensive deep dives on these different battlefields, so be sure to check them out. With that, let's go ahead and start talking about the Play Pokemon. We've got two tournaments that happened this last weekend to recap, Vancouver and Natal. I'm going to start off with Vancouver, as that was the one that was streamed and we know the most about. Taking a look at the Vancouver Regional, March 11th to 12th, 2023, 63 players were registered. And our winner is Dilap Chung, and he had a great run. Taking a look at his day two run, he beat Iomero, who's a previous runner up from, I believe it was Indianapolis last year. And then three twoed its Axon, knocking its Axon down to the loser's bracket. Its Axon came back, beating um, David Dang. And then we had a rematch, but Dilap beat its Axon three to one in that final. There was no bracket reset. Dilap didn't leave that winner side of the bracket on day two. So he was, he talked about it in his interview. He was hungry. He lost to Cindy in Vancouver and wanted to come back this year to win it all. And that he did. Dilap's team was Lantern, which I believe was running Water Gun, which was pretty spicy. Uh, I want to, I believe, you know, you know something about Water Gun Lantern, I think, Fish, but yeah, yeah. know a little bit about it. Uh, Galarian Sunfist, Trevenant, Shadow Alolan Ninetales, and Shadow Swampert, which I think is going to be that brand new popular core that everyone is going to be running, along with a Noctowl. 
taking a look at the rest of the teams from the top eight in Vancouver, I would say the Pokemon that stands out the most to me is Shadow Dropion in Whisper 6284's team. Otherwise, it's super standard. Metacham on almost every team except Dilaps. He's the only one who didn't run a fighter. But it's a lot of the same. There's one Dunsparce, and that's not too much a surprise anymore. There's one Shadow Gliscor, a Shadow Sableye as well. But pretty pretty traditional stuff. Was there anything that stood out to you from Vancouver, Fish? I'm actually really liking the whole no counter user thing. That is, uh, I think uh, Rise to Occasion was the first one to uh, notably use it. I'm sure some, like some people, have done it before Rise, but uh, he he was the first one we we took notice of. Um, your counter user is typically there to beat your steel tanks, your red steel, your Galarian Stunfisk, your Bastiodon. Um, if you've got Swampert and Trevenant on your team, then that's two things that can handle all of those steel tanks quite nicely. The Trevenant, not so much against the Bastiodon, but uh, it certainly does have play. You've also got the Galarian Stunfisk there, which can beat the Red Steel and the Bastiodon quite handily. Uh, obviously, it's a bit harder when you've got the Mirror Match with an opposing Galarian Stunfisk. Then, I mean, even the Water Gun Lantern and Shadow Alolan Ninetales can beat the g-fisk as well in the one shields if it has like a, a one powder snow energy lead so like a lot of the rest of the team is set up to be able to handle the tanks which means the counter user is just superfluous um it means that you don't have to bring a meta and risk getting it caught against the trevenant where it has no play or, or against the sableye where it has even less play and now we can move on to Natal. Natal didn't have an official streamed, but I think it was streamed over on YouTube on a different channel. It took place just on March 12th in Brazil. Taking a look at our top cut bracket, we have our champion of Zardy, Z-A-R-D-D-Y, making it through. And again, just like in Vancouver, like Dilab did, just stayed in the winner's bracket. Clearly what you need to do in these tournaments is just win. Just don't lose. Don't fall down to wait, the wait, loser's bracket. Wait, let me write bracket. that down. Yep, just, just win. <laughs> So Zardi had some very clean wins, a 2-1, a 3-0 against S. Schneider 33, knocked S. Schneider 33 down to the loser's bracket where S. Schneider 33 defeated J.W. Naldo, who we've seen many times as a very great battler. And then Schneider won, so that became a rematch of the winner's final. And it played out the same. Zardy 3-0'd Schneider the first time and 3-0'd him again to become the champion. We don't have on stadiumgaming.gg, which is where I pull all this information from. If you are not checking out stadiumgaming.gg for all of your play Pokemon needs, as well as many other things, fix that because they do a good job. I don't have the other teams on here, but I do have Zardi's team because he posted his team at the end. And my goodness, there's some spice in here. Hmm. We have some more traditional picks. We've got a Registeel, a Lantern, a Lola, Ninetales, and Trevenant. But it's his other two picks that stand out to me. Obstagoon and Shadow Dragonair. What do you think about that? Love it. Um I uh, f I was thinking that uh, Scrafty has uh, been not getting enough love in play Pokemon tournaments lately, and Obstagoon is very, very similar in its play to Scrafty. It's just a little more uh, resistive against ghosts and is taking double super effective. So it's like it, it has one extra level of resistance to ghosts and one extra level of weakness to fighting. But um, apart from that, yeah, very, very similar. It's also not taking super effective damage from flying types, which makes it a much better pick against specifically Noctowl, which we know just how crazy popular Noctowl is. Um, so yeah, it's Obstagoon is a fantastic pick. That Shadow Dragonair... I mean, I'm so in love with that. Um, it's a little bit hard to use because it's got a pretty low bulk, so it can't really... Like, even some resisted damage can threaten it. But 
it's really good at grinding down opponents with with the investment of shields and winning alignment in the back line that's kind of that's kind of been its claim to fame in the last couple of seasons that about wraps it up for Natal. Taking a look forward at this weekend, we have Utrecht in the Netherlands from March 18th to 19th. This one's going to be crazy. There are more than 200 battlers registered. I am so excited to watch this stream. And we also have a really great crew of casters for this tournament who will be shoutcasting Utrecht, will be uh, Lundberger, Ilya. Which is great. Ilya Ooh. is known for being a judge for play Pokemon, is going to get a turn at casting. We also have Inadequance and returning again as well is Lionheart, um, Leonard Koenig. So be sure to check that out. It is going to be a great stream, I am sure. It is going to be on twitch.tv slash Neuralkar. So twitch.tv slash N-U-R-A-L-K-A-R. Be sure to check it out. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited to see how that works with 200 battlers. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, I hope it's at a good time for me to watch. But then again, like, do I want to watch a stream that's going to be 19 hours long? Uh, I think I think it'll be good. I think they're going to move yeah. it along at a good pace. I think it'll be just fine. All right, taking another peek into the future, let's take a look at some of our upcoming events. We have Charlotte, USA from March 24th to the 26th. About 80 players are currently registered for that, but there's definitely more time to get that registration in. We have Fort Wayne, USA from March 31st to April 2nd. About 45 players are registered for that. Sydney, Australia, April 1st to the 2nd. Registration just opened this week, so be sure to get on that. The next one will be in London, Great Britain. That is EUIC, the big one, the international. That is going to be from April 14th to 16th. It is almost sold out. The last I saw, it was around like 240, something like that for battlers or 216 216 is the last i saw so 216 and the cap is 256 so it is really really close so if you want to sign up be sure to do that fast and even if it does sell out sometimes they spots get reopened for various reasons so just be sure to follow on twitter even if it does sell out Let's go ahead and do our mailbag. I'll read this one if that's okay with you, Fish. I'm going to pause. I'm going to read the first part. I'll pause. I'll let you respond. And then I'll read the rest. So we have one email in from Metapod Eyes who writes, Hi to all of the GoCast podcast. Just a general email to say thanks and hello. Thanks to Fish for the photo at OCIC and the shout out on the podcast. My son was smiling all day from his brush with a celebrity. Whenever we see fish in DeFi on events on YouTube or Twitch, it's like seeing our heroes out there, which I'm sure will embarrass them, but they are such humble people. Yeah, yeah kind of embarrassing, but um, I, I absolutely appreciate uh, you guys reaching out. Um, it was a pleasure to to meet fans of the podcast. It's always I, I mentioned this when I was recording with the BTW podcast a couple of weeks ago. How I, I can see the numbers on how many like downloads this show gets a week. And yet, when I find someone IRL that that actually listens to the show, it's always a shock. It's always, always a shock. I actually, uh, a fun, funny story, someone from our Silver faction messaged me a few days ago to say that a student of his uh, congratulated him on making Legend. And he's like, oh, thanks, wait, how do you know? And he goes, oh, Fish mentioned it on the podcast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's always amazing seeing that kind of reach and, and always so humbling when, when people, you know, tell us how, how much they enjoy it. I completely agree. Thank you so much. Let me continue on with your email. As a family of players from Suffering Beta Release Australia, I am so sorry. The <laughs> global... It's so bad. The Global Horn Tour was a hit, i.e. free, as paying for multiple tickets can be prohibitive. So I think Niantic found the right balance. It got me thinking about further balances they could make. Maybe a third cup during battle seasons, limiting the player level, like a junior XP league. 
Rewards could be things that are hard to get when starting up, like Stardust, Pokeballs, increased storage for items and Pokemon, viable IV-appropriate mons. They could even limit the Pokemon, making the more popular ones, ahem, bugs, Chris, that younger and young at heart players value, as elite level mons tend to be the usual suspects, something that most of the Pokemon play meta suffers from universally. Although this may also lure secondary or more account holders, I think there will be in the minority, leaving the majority of inexperienced battlers to hone their skills against similar level ability players, using spicy Pokemon instead of getting schooled, annihilated by late season starting players like Kyle. Sorry for that burn. <laughs> That's savage. Kyle's good. Kyle like, knows his stuff. He does. <laughs> so Maybe you'll have to face Kyle in some Go Battle League. Maybe you'll find Ooh. him out there. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, him and I have been talking about, like, he, because he's set some Go Battle League related goals recently. He, him and I have been discussing just strategies that he can use. And, and like, he's, he's been doing well. He's been getting that uh, solid early season win rate. Lastly, you write, I have attached a short letter for Fish from my son. And to finish, I will misquote Gandalf the Grey. A GoCast listener's emails are never too short nor too long, they are precisely the length they need to be. Keep up the great work, shiny vibes. Metapod eyes. So what do you think of that? So the the two main ideas that Metapod eyes uh, seems to have are increasing rewards for early battlers or uh, less experienced battlers and changing the meta for less experienced battlers. So they're playing a different meta to what the more experienced battlers are. What do, what do you think of those two ideas? I think that's interesting. Remix, when they do remixes, I think that also changes the meta. So for like Great League Remix, they would ban all of those super popular picks. So they kind of already do that when they do the remix. Mm. I think a junior XP league is interesting. And I agree that would definitely lure people at different accounts, like people who have second, third, fourth accounts. Mm. But I know I have plenty of friends who need to do Go Battle League and they just get discouraged by it very quickly. So finding different ways to onboard new players and make it more friendly and fun for people, I think, is a really good idea. So I love hearing different ideas like this. Yeah, I'm definitely probably I'm probably more of a fan of the increasing rewards over having a different meta. There's also a question of at what point does it transition into you know what the rest of us are experiencing and also it would, it would be it needs to be communicated specifically to probably the more dedicated players saying hey we're we're giving the newer players a bit of a hand to help them get involved and this this is we believe this is good for the game because it uh helps develop a lasting love for pvp etc etc and i i like to think that you know the more dedicated players would understand that uh, but then also the newer players would have to it would, they'd have to make it clear to the newer players that it's only temporary because otherwise they'll get to a certain point and be like, wait, where's where's my Stardust? Where's my Pokeballs? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so definitely something that you'd have to work the logistics out on, but I mm. like the concept. I like finding a yeah. a more neutral, easier on-ramp for players. Yeah, because there's... um I've talked about uh, maybe the skill gap between the world's best players and the mid-tier players being quite small but i actually think uh conversely i hope that's the right use of that word uh, conversely i think uh the gap between the mid-tier players and the beginner players is enormous so anything that can stop a new player giving it a go and just getting absolutely curb stomped <laughs> by someone who has an idea of what they're doing uh, will be absolutely huge for the long-term health of the game. Also, it sounds like you mentioned the short letter for Fish. Fish, did you want to touch base on that as well? Yeah, yeah, sure. So the extra, it was it was sent in an attachment. It was from Patrick, the guy's name is. So shout out to Patrick, who I met in the OCIC competition. Dear Fish on a Heater and GoCast friends, thanks for mentioning me on the GoCast podcast. I love your podcast and so does my dad. Every time we travel in his car, I hear you guys talking about Pokemon, and it's awesome. Congratulations on second place at OCIC. It must have been a tough journey, but it was worth it. Your team looked super spicy. What's your favorite Pokemon? Mine's Rowlet. From Patrick. Uh, I mean, thank you so much, man. Means uh, a heck of a lot. 
my favorite Pokemon at the moment is Umbreon, but I also am really liking Dratini. And every time I use Galarian Rapidash and go Battle League, I'm like, man, this is a good Pokemon. So um, official answer is Umbreon, but I'm going to, you know, put those other two Pokemon on the podium. What about yourself, Defi? Oh, my favorite Pokemon is Lopunny. Lopunny and Baneri, far and away, are my favorites. But my favorite to use in battle is definitely Frostlass. I love that it saw a lot of popularity in the play Pokemon tournaments because it is just so powerful when you give it that energy lead. I talk about it all the time when I'm casting. All right, so that was our mailbag. Time for our shameless plugs. We use this opportunity to give a shout out to some people in the Palatown community and the GoCast Discord server that have hit achievements. So in Palatown, we have Axel Cactham has hit Veteran and Dark Vengeance has hit Ace. And in GoCast, we have Jay Engineer who has hit Veteran and Maxitron who has hit rank 20. For streams and videos, my plan is still to come back that Monday, March 27th and do an evening stream. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. It might just be like a just chatting. Let's talk about how the Charlotte tournament went. That's the tournament that'll be that weekend. Not really sure. It'll be something. My goal is to get back into streaming. I've been making some really good, positive life changes, lots of good routine, lots of healthy stuff. So I feel like I'm starting to get back in that good place where I can bring streaming back into my schedule again. What's going on in Pallet Town, Fish? Just keep a lookout for, if you go to Pallet Town PvP on YouTube, there will be breakdowns of all the factions metas as well as each custom meta for go battle league so the most recent one we did was psychic cup for the psychic cup there's also a tldr five minute version where we just give you the the bare basics uh this one actually went for like six and a half minutes but um so it's it's increasingly becoming just uh just a a, an honorable name the uh meta in five minutes but um yeah check those out palatown pvp on youtube And with that, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish or for myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail at 262-586-7717. Just say in your voicemail that it's for PVP Corner. Or you can send physical mail to the GoCast Podcast P.O. Box. That address is Crystal Lake Post Office at P.O. Box 367, 301 East Congress Parkway in Crystal Lake, Illinois, 60073. Also, again, just be sure that you specify if it's for Chris and Kyle or if it's for Fish and myself. In the show description, you can also click on more Fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And with that, we'll talk to you next week.